There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Discover your inspiration to lead by hearing from those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others. We will learn about their unique leadership style and identify the shared qualities between those who do it tremendously well. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Lead with Empower podcast. Our guest this week, and I think this is going to be a great one. I'm, I'm really excited here. Um, I had the pleasure of spending some time in the fall of 2021 with our guest and her group from the CT Air National Guard. But we're joined this week on the Lead with Empower podcast. This is a mouthful here, so bear with me. Senior Master Sergeant Jenny Gonzalez-Smith from the CT Air National Guard. Jenny, how is it going? Thanks for joining us today. Hi, you did it great. How are <laughs> you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness, my pleasure. And I uh, I think I got it right just from practicing over and yeah, over Yeah, you over did a great job. <laughs> in preparation. So um, Jenny, and again, she's going to get into this in greater detail, um, but she's with the 103rd Airlift Wing um, as a human resources advisor. She is also a therapist where she sees all types of different clients, including veterans, including service members. She's a mom, a wife, has three wonderful children, a bunch of pets. Um, great. And, and if you couldn't tell by her energy at the start of the episode, just a great positive um, uh, energy person, which was was a great draw during our time together. So we met through um, a couple mutual, uh, I guess, yeah. friends. Um, Empower had done some work with the um, CT Gar uh, Army National Guard and the Air National Guard through like a youth and family program. And we were introduced uh, by Casey and um, um, Michelle with the with the, with that initiative. And um, our our first time together was with a, a fall team building program that was part of a much larger initiative that you started yeah. um, with the Air National Guard. Talk a little bit about that women's leadership program, Jenny, and and I guess give us a little backstory and, and talk about how it went this year, because this is the first event, right? First uh, this was, yeah. year of it running. Yeah. And it took, um, gosh, it was like a two to three years in the making for me to get that event like on the books. Um, and not just because of COVID, just because, you know, um, there wasn't, there wasn't really an identified need for something for the women. People didn't really want to do it. They were afraid of the backlash. Um, and then finally, you know what got them to say yes, Dan? Finally, they freaking, um, they did like a climate survey and people put on the climate survey, like we need more inclusive, um, inclusiveness for women. Like we need more programs for for women. And finally I was like, ah, ha, ha, I have it on the paper. Now give me the money to be able to do this thing that I've been wanting to do for three years. And I already had it like planned. And then, you know, wonderful Casey and Michelle were like, you know, this would probably be really cool for you to do this with the women's leadership symposium. And I was like, yes, let's do it. So, so. we had our great day of adventure together, which I think we'll talk about, but what Besides the, our, our day at the Adventure Park, talk a little bit about what uh, made up the, the symposium. And, and, and now that you've had, you know, a few months to look back on it, how do you think the overall that it went? So um, the first day, <clears throat> kind of planning purposes, I got in like lunch donated for the first day. Um, I, you know, went and made sure that everything was booked. And then I started looking for um, 
speakers that are kind of organic to the Air National Guard and that were really well-respected um, women in leadership positions that people could really kind of connect with. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the first part of the day was us kind of meet and greet. We did a thing on coaching because with the human resources advisor job, I do like life coaching as well. Yep. Um, and then I had um, Colonel Mead come up and, and discuss some stuff and um, senior Kelly, Missy, who's going to be chief eventually. Yep. Um, and so they kind of did these really beautiful um, discussions on like what it means to be a woman leader, like their kind of perspective on leadership. Um, Missy did this incredible thing on kind of like finding your own way and figuring out how you can develop yourself as a leader. Um, and we did lunch, everybody just kind of sat and hung out, which to me was the most important part. You know, I wanted, I wanted everybody to kind of connect and realize that, you know, just because you're a woman in a male dominated shop, for example, that doesn't mean there aren't other women out there that can mentor you and can be there for you and to support you on your journey. Um, and then the second half, we just had fun. We had Casey come up and do some stuff. She did this awesome kind of perspective thing. Um, I invited somebody from the army side to come over from the behavioral health team. And she did this great thing on kind of figuring out when to ask for help. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, and she even said, you know, the, the army's jealous that <laughs> they didn't get an invite. <laughs> <laughs> and Colonel Mead, who works for like the boss, like the big boss, the, the adjunct general, she's like, oh, he was, he was like, how come the army can't come? And she's like, I think it's funding and it absolutely was funding. I would have, yeah. you know, I would have hundred percent invited them to come, but it was number one, it was our first time. And I really wanted this to be for the women at our unit and kind of have them find good mentors. Yeah. And I have to tell you, like, I got so much good feedback and they're still like to this day on your weekend showing up and being like, Hey, Hey, senior. Hey, Jenny, how are you? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, how are you doing? You know, and there's hugs and there's this kind of sisterhood that wasn't really there before. So it was awesome. That's great. And now is there potential for this to now become a regular part of the, the operation with the air guard and potentially maybe with the army national guard? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely potential. Um, and I've actually been speaking with their, the army's person. That's me. Yep. Um, to try to do a joint programming, but also um, some of the women, I asked for a ton of feedback and they did not hold back and they delivered some amazing insight um, about maybe getting some speakers that are not within the National Guard, right? Not in the Air Guard. Or, um, you know, somebody had requested maybe in the spirit of inclusivity, having some of the men come yep. so they can kind of see. So this is definitely going to grow into something wonderful that I'm just so proud of and really cool. Well, it was, a, it was our small time together as part of the, the symposium was an absolute blast The the group was phenomenal and just dom dominated the, especially the, the high course, the adventure course, it's like to see people go out there and just freaking make short work of some very challenging elements for the oh, general yeah. population was super impressive. <laughs> Oh yeah. These women that were there, they did not disappoint. You know, no. they were just like, I'm doing this. I'm like, yes, I'll be here cheering you on. Somewhere. <laughs> how, how important, like, obviously I'm not, I'm not a female in, in, in a, in a male dominated, I guess, sector or industry. How important is that sense of 
hey, I might be by myself right now, but I know I know someone else, maybe not here in my physical presence, has my back and is going to be there if I need to, you know, is going to pick up the phone if I need to make the phone call. How important is really building that sense of camaraderie in, in your environment uh, with the, the Air Guard? I can't even begin to tell you how important it is for that to happen. Um, because you can feel lonely and you can feel like, okay, well, where am I going to, you know, where am I going to pump if I'm nursing, you know, or what am I going to do now that I'm moving on to the next phase of my life? Um, or even, you know, the, the flip side of it is having like, I'm, <clears throat> I'm half Puerto Rican. Right. So, and that's kind of where I identify with because my mom is, my mom's the white one and she didn't really raise me. Yeah. Um, so even just to have um, females who are not white, you know, there to kind of support each other is really important also. Um, just because you don't get that on the regular. Yeah. You know, there's nobody saying, I think things have changed a little bit, but when I came in, it was like, oh, you're a Puerto Rican chick, you must be in the kitchen cooking. You know, it was kind of that, that oh, you're a woman, oh, you must be a personalist. And now yeah. it's like, you know, we got pilots, we got generals, we got we got all kinds of amazing maintainers, like security forces, firewomen, all of it. And it's awesome to see. And it's great to be able to have that place that you can come back to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I look at it as like kind of coming back and resetting. Right. You can come back to this group of women and reset and hash it out with people who you value, who you respect, who value and respect you and want you to succeed. I, and I will say that that definitely took place because it was a group of badasses. I mean, I'm like certifiable, like yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you, you've been in the air guard for you've just you recently celebrated 20, 20 year anniversary. And we'll, we'll yep. get into the kind of that journey. Um, and, and then you, you touched on the stereotypes. Oh, yeah, Puerto Rican female must be in this slot or female in general. Has that gotten better over the course of 20 years? Um, is it a you know slow process, fast process? This is something that we actually talked about at the symposium because a lot of the women that were there were actually raised by like the, the same female mentor. Yep. Um, and so I think short answer is yes. She was able to kind of plant seeds and like five or six women, right? And then maybe even more. She was, Cheryl Laporte is one of my mentors and she was wonderful. Um, she's since passed, but- yeah you know so she kind of planted these seeds with all of these women and now we're planting seeds with all of these women and it for me it's not just women it's airmen also like in general yeah. but you know if we want to just talk about the ladies like now we're planting seeds and we're like watching these airmen that you know um came in with us maybe like halfway through our term growing up and being master sergeants now mm -hmm. um and it's really amazing to see because 10 years ago you wouldn't see that 10 years ago you might have seen women like kind of being catty and cutthroat um and now it's kind of gone it's like yeah. i want you here and i want you to succeed that's fantastic and and it goes to and you know in a, in a lot of our work with with youths in particular i think leadership is looked at as like this big grand like I have to take it. It's like this big project, like this semester long project. It's really, it's like an interaction, right? And you just, yeah. what you just said, like, I'm going to have an impact on one person. And my hope is that that 
person is maybe going to have an impact on maybe two or three other people. And, yep. and that's really how you, you affect positive change. So mm-hmm. it's great that you said that. And for anybody that's listening, if the idea of leading in your community, whatever community that is, is intimidating, it starts with a simple action. Yeah, right? It starts absolutely. with a simple interaction, a simple, you know, simple positive impact and, and it spreads. Yeah. And, you know, finding something that you enjoy that you can kind of help out with, you know, or um, make an impact. You know, if yep. you if you're into hanging out with youth, you know, just volunteering one day, just, you know, maybe that one person you meet might you might be able to make an impact on. Yep. Yep. And and f- again, it's that cliche, like to us, it might be a small gesture, but to the person on the receiving end, it could be this grand life changing experience for them. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Um, and we're, you're seeing, you're living that you're seeing that now, you know, 10 years ago, it might've been on my own cutthroat. Now it's, Hey, let's bond together, right? Let's mm-hmm. be as great as we can as a group of women, group of airmen. Yeah. Um, awesome to hear. And I can't wait to hear about how the program grows. And um, if we're, you know, hopefully if we're lucky enough, we get to play a, play a small role again in the future. Cause that was an absolute great day together. So. Dan, let me tell you, <laughs> that was the best time to watch <laughs> and to participate with them. It was amazing. They had such a good time. Anytime you want to come in and, and partner with me, you are like hey. <laughs> golden. Let's do it. We're, we're in. Golden. Sign it up. <laughs> um, again, we're on with Senior Master Sergeant Jenny Gonzalez-Smith. She's with the CT Air Guard. She's a, uh, a therapist as well. Um, So we're going to start, we're going to kind of chip away at this in three different segments, your role with the 103rd airlift wing human resources. Talk a little bit about, is there a normal day, (laughs) like a normal day routine? (laughs) Um, Give us a little background or insight if you can, as to what that role um, is and, and kind of maybe some of the daily leadership challenges that you might face in the HR position, Jenny. Yeah. So I think, um, the, the HRA role, first of all, it's like a very niche position. Like there's only one of me at each unit in the Air National Guard. So the active duty Air Force doesn't have this. Army doesn't have this. Even though there's talks about moving folks into the role. Yeah. Um, so it's like a very, very specific specialized position. So the best way to, for me to describe it is um, twofold. So first fold is I do diversity and inclusion. But I don't do it where like, um, it's like the equal opportunity folks where they get the complaints. Like I'm the person that tries to stop the plane, the complaints before they happen. Okay. And the way that I do that is through training, yeah. right? Um, I do uh, unconscious bias, microaggression, emotional intelligence, um, temperament training, which is also called four lenses. Um, and then the flip side of that is um, meeting with leadership, and kind of moving the needle on that way. So like, you know, for a perfect example is the Women Leadership Symposium. That took me forever to do, but I chipped away very, very, very slowly at it and very kind of not confrontationally (laughs) and with all of the kindness and love in my heart, because if I knew if I went in there and was like, we need to do this, (laughs) they were gonna be like, no, no. Um, and then the second part of that is the mentorship. And this is the part that I, you know, both are equally as important, but yeah. I honestly believe that you got to have good mentors in your life yeah. um, in order to move the DNI needle. So um, events like this, um, 
I do for DNI, I also do like a really cool Hispanic heritage event, I, you know, Black History Month event, stuff like that. Um, but then one on one, I do um, like mentorship coaching. Yeah. So, and this is free to the airmen. And anybody out there listening, if this is something you want, just go ahead and ask because <laughs> this is a big Air Force wide initiative. Um, but you basically book a session with me and we just talk about like what you need to work on and what you want to do with like your career. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if somebody's passing up, failing their physical fitness test, for example, and they need to figure out a way to improve their fitness, or maybe they want to become an officer and they're like an enlisted person, or maybe they're an officer and they're, you know, brand speaking new at command and they're having some trouble like gaining the trust of their unit all of those things that can be worked on during mentorship sessions do you do you find the without getting into specifics about who but do you find you're seeing you know people that are maybe very early in their career in the air guard or maybe you know people that like i I guess what 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 is your your most common client (laughs) as far as uh you know experience in the air guard so I think um, once you become an old fart like me, sometimes <laughs> stop it, stop it. <laughs> Come on, um, <laughs> it's difficult for folks to change. Yeah, um, it is. So I would like to see more of them, but in general, I get a lot of um, like younger airmen who just need some help, some guidance, passing a test or moving on. Maybe they're not happy with the career choice that they have and they want to do something else. Um, those types of things. Is it, so. is it difficult? Do you feel um, for the airmen to, to seek help? Cause I, you know, from the outside, I'm, I'm civilian my entire life and never, never in any sort of military or guard role. Um, you know, I always kind of have this perspective of, of, you know, tougher than everybody else, you know, mentally and physically, you know, no, no weakness. And I, I know it's unfair, but I think people do have that perspective. Um, is it hard for someone in the air guard to say, Hey, I need some help with this test or, or this, this transition or this, you know, desired transition in my career. And I, I guess, how do you, you know, as someone that is a mentor, someone that is experienced, someone that's providing that wisdom, how do you help coach them through like, Hey, it's not a sign of weakness to, or it's an okay sign of weakness to, to ask for this support and help. Yeah. So, um, I think for some people it is difficult to ask for help. But I think the best part about my job is that I don't fall under any specific unit. Like I fall directly, like I serve like varies in Game of Thrones. He serves the realm. I serve <laughs> the wing. So it can be difficult for, for folks to ask for help. But because my position, like I don't answer to, I answer to the commander. And the yep. vice commander, right? So, and I don't tell them anybody that I'm seeing or talking to because honestly, it's none of their business yep. and they don't want to know. Um, they just want the person to get the help. But I think it can be very, very difficult to ask like somebody in your chain for help because there is that stigma of you're not being able to um, perform as best as you, you know, maybe think you should be able to, or um, like kind of like, oh, what do you want to see them for? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but the best part is, so I don't do anything with mental health in my role as HRA. Like I'm a victim advocate for sexual assault. So I do like 
stuff on that side. Yeah. But in this role, and like I'm obviously like I'm a therapist on the outside, but in this role, I'm strictly like mentorship. Yeah. So you don't have to get into your mental health stuff with me. Like you can just come to me and be like, I'm really struggling with passing my CDCs, my my performance tests. I am really struggling because I have a supervisor that they don't get along with. Yeah. You know, um, I'm having a hard time because I'm the only chick in my shop and, you know, nobody gets whatever the case may be. So it's almost um, like that, that teacher providing extra help in t- mm-hmm. at times. And yeah, then also, absolutely. Yeah, just that, yep. absolutely. And that kind of like trusted agent, that's not like in your chain. Yeah. Yeah. Now holding the notebook down, like taking down the <laughs> 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 Um, You, you brought up so that you, you're, you don't do much mental health in that role with the, with the air guard, but however, outside of your, how many hours in a day, in a day are there for you? Because you have your HR role with the air guard and you're also uh, in a a therapist position in your, you know, quote unquote civilian life. Um, Again, without, I don't want to get too much into into, you know, again, the, the, the patients that you see, but you do see, I think, general population plus everybody. Active yep. I see veterans. Kids. Yep. So my two favorite, well, actually my three favorite um, populations to work with are obviously veteran service members um, who aren't like at the Air National Guard, because that's yep. like not okay. <laughs> um, and then kids and like young adult college students. Those are kind of my three favorite populations to work with, but I see everybody. I think my oldest person is like 78. Oh, wow. And then my youngest is probably like five. Wow. So, you know, I big, big age range, but for me, it's like a nice variety and it mixes it up. So I'm not listening to the, you know, the same population talk about the same thing over and over again. Like I, you know, it helps me kind of sharpen my skills and have a different perspective. So, Yeah. How is it? So I guess a two-part question here. One, juggling your responsibilities with the air guard, with your role and responsibility as a therapist. How how challenging is that? And just from a again, from a leadership standpoint, how do you keep it all together? How do you keep it organized? How do you stay proficient in both spots? Because you, you kind of have to. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I usually have um, my military computer next to me, and if I'm doing telehealth and I get a cancellation, I will bang out work for the air guard. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if the kids are in school, I'm like, oh, I have an hour. Let me bang out my work. Um, I also, because I don't want to get burnt out, um, I take Fridays off. Those are my self-care days. So that's my day to clean the house, doctor's appointments, um, do things that I enjoy, like I really love sports. I really love soap making. I really love, you know, spending time with my 50,000 pets. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of my way to like stop all the insanity in my life is just to have that one day to myself. Yeah. Um, but I'm lucky because I'm able to manipulate my schedule for both jobs in a way that works for me. Yeah. How um, difficult is it? I know obviously ev- a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people have been since March of 2020 have been in work from home mode. Was that difficult for you? Like, 
to shut it off. Like, oh, I'm at oh, home. I have like, yes. and yeah. and I guess what, what? How did you draw the line? Because that's hard. Like, oh, I can do just one more thing, and then you're like, oh shit, it's seven thirty at night. What am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and especially because like, so I work like three late nights a week, and then Thursdays yeah. I like I do like a half day, right? So those three nights a week, I would be like coming out of my. I have an in law apartment that I work when I do remote sessions and I don't, yeah. you know, when this shit hits the fan with COVID and stuff like yeah. that. So I had to learn to like figure out a way to make it seem like I was shutting off, like leaving the office. Yes. So, oh my God. so stupid, but here's my tricks. This is what I did. Right? <laughs> That's what I did. So usually if I'm doing um, therapy sessions, I have my own little ritual that I do in the morning. Yeah. So I'll light some candles. I'll say a couple of prayers, like, you know, just please help me be able to help who I need to help today. Um, please let me, you know, be able to honor whoever I need to honor today, those kinds of things. And then um, so I light my candles. So it smells nice in here. It's like a nice, calm, relaxing area for me to do therapy sessions. So when I'm ready to shut off at night, I blow out the candles, shut the computer down, shut the light off and close the door. And then I don't come back into this room unless, cause it's my, my guest bedroom, yep. unless the kids come into the bed in the middle of the night and wake me up and then I'll come down here and sleep. <laughs> but otherwise I don't come back into this room. Like, <laughs> you know, I just don't. Cause otherwise you get sucked into just work mode, work mode, work mode yep. all the time. And it's not healthy. No, you lose the balance for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I guess the second question and I, Therapy and adventure are different, but there's a mm -hmm. lot of similarities. I think um, when this thing started, like the idea of doing team building on a computer was really weird and it, it works. It, you know, it does, does the trick, um, but it is, it is limited versus the in-person uh, capabilities. How hard was that, you know, to go from, you know, doing therapy in person where everything's palpable and you, you know, you're in each other's presence versus the telehealth. Is it, was it, a, was it a big challenge for you? Did it take some self-coaching to make the adjustment? Yeah. And it still is a big challenge because on Wednesdays I only do telehealth. So it's still like a big challenge, but I've, tr I had to like get really creative and use like technology to my advantage. Right. So, um, I, along with crafting, like I, I like to craft. So I have like these like notebooks and they're so stupid. They're like these cute little like black notebooks, yeah. but I will just to make the connection with people and just to make them feel like they're part of this and that I'm just not like some random stranger on the screen. Yeah. I will bust out my cricket and make them a cute little thing on here and I will send it to them to their houses. Nice. You know, or like if I have a kid that's been working on something really, really hard and they're finally accomplishing their goal, I will send them like Pokemon cards from Amazon. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, and then on the day to day, like during sessions, I had to usually you do these exercises like with people like in session in person. Yeah. So now what I do is I have that I have those same exercises and they're editable. I'll share my screen and do it that way. Um, or I'll do meditation with them. You know, if they seem like they're, they're really stressed or helping them learn like deep breathing or like I have, I have somebody that does embroidery. So while we're sitting here doing sessions, like here's my little embroidery. 
Oh my goodness. I'll sit there and do embroidery with them. <laughs> Wait, see, you mentioned earlier in the episode that some of the veterans in the air, you know, are not likely to change and they're kind of stuck in their own way. But, you know, you're, you're a savvy veteran. You've been doing this for a long time. And look at you evolving and changing and using technology yeah. and all that. Come on. The, I'm trying. The lifelong learner <laughs> over there. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we have the HR role. We have your work as a therapist. And as you touched on, you said, I think it was like 500 pets. And then you have a, a, a family at home as well. Talk, mm-hmm. like, the juggle, right? You're juggling these three, you know, and then also like like personal and, and making sure you find time to, to fulfill that. How, how hard is it to juggle? And what are some of the tactics you um, implement for yourself to make sure, you know, you're not doing too much of one thing and you're able to you know, not giving up, giving of yourself too much as well. Yeah. Uh, learning boundaries, being able to say no. Um, I think before, like before COVID, I was probably way more persuaded to say yes, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry. <laughs> With like nice, nicely, like I'll tell you yep. nicely, no, but I'm going to tell you no. Um, but it takes a lot out of me to say no to somebody because I want to be able, like naturally, I want to be able to help somebody if they're in need or listen to them talk about, you know, something or be there for them. So that doesn't come naturally to me at all. The other thing that doesn't come naturally to me, even though I'm in the military, is like time management stuff and staying organized. Like it really doesn't. And I had to really learn how to do that. That was a skill that I needed to build like probably mid-career in the garden. Really? Yeah. Cause I just was not organized. Like I was, and I had no time management skills and, you know, I would just go, 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 go until the task was done. But now it's like smarter, not harder. Right. All right. Let's hear, so, well, let's hear, let's hear what, what are, what are some of these tactics is time because so, time management, I think is a big challenge for a lot of people. Yeah. Like learning those boundaries and learning when you've had enough, um, prioritizing your stuff. Um, and making sure that you're not dedicating too much time to one thing, right? So I know my family and I know my kids have activities. All of my kids play sports. They're all yeah. involved in all kinds of stuff. Um, so learning in my in my bones when to be like, you need to be a mother and a wife right now. You do not need to be an airman or a therapist right now. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they all bleed together because like my kids will be like, I need to talk about my feelings. Like, do you build do you build them afterwards or I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I should give them Monopoly money and be like ten dollars. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> no. But just you know, like even my husband, like everybody has hard times just being able to like talk about them. But yeah, that time management and like my lists and kind of um, using technology for my advantage, yep. right? So we used to always just have a paper calendar with the kids' stuff and, you know, moving to a family Google calendar, for yeah. example. Yeah. You know, um, I used to always just kind of like wing it on the weekends and I feel like I still need to do that. So I'll purposely not try to make plans on the weekend. Um just just because like the kids have games and stuff too but like i don't want to be over scheduled every single moment of my life yeah so like building in the time to be like kind of shut it off for a little while yeah, yeah. 
like Fridays are my days. I'm telling you, Fridays are my days. Yeah. So Fridays, I, I'll go to the doctor if I have to, I'll get my hair done if I have to, or whatever, you know, like those kinds of things for myself. But then I'm like, all right, time for me to bust out the soap making stuff. Yeah. You know, and being alone for that time. Yeah. Well, and, and this episode, so this is, uh, going to go live on on wednesday on a wednesday we are recording on a friday so i thank you so much for taking oh, an welcome. hour of your time of your me day to, to talk so with welcome. me on the zoom here <laughs> thank you so much for having me oh no I, I, and i think that was i think when we had our program together in the fall I, I don't know if it was that day or maybe the email the next day and follow up but i'm like we need to get you on the podcast at some yeah, point and it, absolutely it took a while so yeah but here we are. <laughs> hey, here it is. And perfect day for it. Um, again, we're on with Senior Master Sergeant Jenny Gonzalez Smith with the, the CT Air Guard. Um, we we touched on it earlier. You recently celebrated 20 years in. Um, how, how did you get into what was your start like? Like was there a, a, a I guess we'll go even a little bit further back. Talk about you as a high schooler. Like what were some of the things that you were into and, and what was the decision to join the, the air guard out of high school? Oh my gee. So I went to, <laughs> uh, I went to public school. I, I grew up in Norwalk. Like okay. I'm a, I'm a Norwalk girl. Um, and so I was in JROTC. That was kind of like my state. Cause I needed the structure because again, I'm not good at building that structure for myself. So I needed the structure. I joined JROTC on a whim when I was in like the ninth grade. I had a cousin that lived with us at the time and he, we were in the same grade. Okay. And my mother, like she's, she's in and out. Um, but my mom was like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of him. He's joining the JROTC. He's wonderful, blah, 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 blah. Like, and then she, she signed my paper to join, but she didn't even know it. So then I came home with like my uniform and she was like, you're doing this too. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I didn't tell you, you could do that. I was like, you signed the paper. And so I wound up being like, you know, pretty, pretty involved. And, you know, I had a good group of people that I really trusted and enjoyed. And we all kind of were, were together. And there are a bunch of girls that we all kind of clicked and stuff. And to this day, you know, I'll still keep in touch with some of them on social media and stuff like that. But then um, my ROTC teacher, probably the first mentor that I ever had in my life. Yeah. He's like, he was a retired Marine and he's like, you're too smart to be in the military. You need to go to college. And I'm like, but I want to go to the, I, I originally I was like, I want to, I want to join the military right out of college, like right yeah. out of high school. He's like, no, you're too smart. So he, he convinced my family to not like sign at 17. Otherwise I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and then, so I went to college, my parents paid for a year. And then my mother was like, we, we don't have enough money for you to go to school anymore. You need to figure it out yourself. Yeah. And there's like a lot of substance abuse stuff that goes a lot with like yeah. family, you know what I mean? Like a lot of stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm going to figure it out myself. So I had a friend that had joined the Air National Guard and I didn't want to do army. No offense to anybody listening. I just, I love you guys, but I just <laughs> couldn't. And so I joined the Air National Guard and, you know, I, um, 
I met with the recruiter. I did all my testing, blah, 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 blah. So I took like a year off of school and then joined and um, best decision I could have ever made. So I originally joined just for college and here I am. So you do a year of school. Like what was, did you go to school with an intent? Like, did you have your major kind of picked out? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I, well, actually, no. I started off as a nursing major before okay. I left for the garden. I came back and I was like, I got to do social work. So, changed my major, social work major. Already knew what I wanted to do. Started playing r- rugby again because um, I joined the team, like in order to get in shape for boot camp. Yeah. Um, met my husband. He plays too. Graduated. And then they paid for, you know, the good thing about the military is they'll, they'll help you through school. So they yep. paid for all of my undergrad and a lot of my grad school. And I didn't, I didn't go to grad school until, like, I didn't start grad school until like 2017. Okay. No, 20, right. 2016, 2016, 2017, I started grad school. So, but they paid for that too. Wow. Yeah. So if that's, you know, if, if someone is interested in possibly exploring the guard or, or military as, as a potential option there. Um, and if you're on the fence, that's a, that's a, that's a bonus right there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, you know, I, I honestly, I can't complain. They treat you really well as far as the school goes. Um, you know, you get your veteran status, you get all kinds of really good benefits from that, you yeah. know, um, healthcare, uh, loans like i have a home loan my my house we got through a va loan which is really cool yeah um so there are a lot of reasons why people join the military other than just wanting to serve like the greater good yeah but for me like it it what started off as like me going for school eventually revolved evolved into me um finding a new family and finding really good mentors that really shaped who I am today as like a, as like Jenny, not like as an, you know, an airman. Yes, of course. But like in my soul, who I am, I had people that really took the time to mentor me because I was a dumb college kid with no guidance. So I was making really <laughs> stupid choices. For anybody listening. So the, the, the dumb choices we make is high school, college that we, that we can come back from They're mm-hmm. They're recoverable. Yes, absolutely. What, absolutely. What was, what was your early? So you started off as a, as a cook. Mm-hmm. Yep. What? So talk a little bit about your er, like early time with the guard, and then just get, yeah, give us the give us the story of twenty. You know the 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 twenty year story. Okay. It's so a lot. I know it's a lot. It is. I mean, it's it's a, why I look back. I'm like oh pretty my gosh. cool. So. Give my us some first, of the highlights. <laughs> my first section was um, in Orange, and there's a very small air control squadron down there. That's where I'm homegrown from. So if anybody's listening from the ACS, big love. Um, <laughs> and there I, you know, there were seven of us in the shop. And so um, they're still like, they were in my wedding. They're still my friends to this day. Like um, Frank Alvarado, who basically took me under his wing and became my second father. Like I call him all of the time. Um, really kind of took me under their wing and were like, this is what you're not going to do. <laughs> you know, dummy. And this is what you're going to do. Right. So you're going to finish school. You're going to go to school. You're going to finish school. So, you know, having that support, because I would like show up 
to drill. Now this is like unheard of, unheard of. And you would get your butt reamed for this. <laughs> but I would show up to drill like completely hungover, like still probably maybe a little bit drunk. Yeah. Like just really bad choices. <laughs> like do not, do not look at my beginning of my career and judge me, please, people. <laughs> like it was bad. But I had the mentorship. I had the guidance. I had like, we're doing this because we love you. Right. So then I started to kind of realize that I could be more than like just, you know, Jenny from Norwalk, who yeah. is like a partier. And then I um I started to kind of mature and grow. And then I graduated college and they were all there for me for my college graduation for undergrad. Um, I got a job working with like at-risk youth and they were still there for me. And then they took the, the section away. And I found out that I was pregnant with my firstborn. And they're like, you can either stay here at this place or you can go up to Bradley, yeah. the, the airlift lane. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I'm going to stay here. And then I found out I was pregnant. And I found out how much that sec- that other section deploys. And like, they're all over the place all day, every day. And I just, I, I knew like I wanted to put some effort into being a, a good mom. So I moved up to the airlift wing where it was like a whole crew instead of like a few of us, there's like 30 of us. And, you know, you go back to the kitchen a bunch of weekend, there's music playing, people are dancing. Like, that's just how we roll. Like we, we have fun. Like we have fun. Um, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, did you hear about blah, 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 blah movie? And no, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, you're like throwing food in and slinging food around and, you know, feeding people and just laughing and joking and having a great time. So I really like that energy. I really enjoyed like that, that group of people. And that's like I that you. social bond. Too, oh, right? yeah. Yeah, oh, like yeah. Group of friends oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the same kind of group that we had down at the ACS, but it was a much smaller group. Yep. So now you've got this big group with like little me and this like little fish in this big pond and I'm like what am I gonna do so worked really hard worked my ass off like to prove myself there was a point where I got passed up for a promotion because they said that I wasn't like mature enough or ready for it so I was like okay well I'm gonna show you that I'm ready and then I kind of busted my butt to get there and then um while I was deployed by myself I took a deployment alone because I wanted to have a third kid Okay. Um, so second kid had him, they sent me to Hawaii for like a month and I was still nursing. I had to send all my breast milk home. Oh my goodness. Like from Hawaii. Right. So I was like, I'm never doing that again. (laughs) Never doing that again. So I found out that there was a deployment and I wanted to have one more kid. So I took the deployment alone by myself so that I could come home and have my last baby. And while I was deployed, I got a phone call from my commander. I got a call from Missy Kelly, um, a couple of other people. And they're like, Hey, there's this position that's opening up at the wing. And we think that you would be great for it. And I was already like volunteering. I was already like doing stuff for, um, there was at the time there was like a big award ceremony for uh, Hispanic veterans. They would do every year. They don't, they don't really do that much anymore because they lost the funding, but, you know, doing those kinds of things already. So they're like, we think that you would be perfect for this and you would get a promotion. What do you think? And I knew I was never going to get a promotion where I was at. Like I knew I was never going to get it. And it would have been really easy for me to just take the job and just take the extra strike. But 
um, when I came in and I realized what the program could be versus like where it was kind of at at that point, um, the person that I inherited to did a phenomenal job of building it, but it just needed that extra like oomph. Yeah, you know? extra stride to get across the finish yeah, line. It yeah, needed, yep, it just needed it just needed that like, you know, hi, I'm Jenny, nice to meet you. Let's work <laughs> together. Like, you know. So that's what I did. And I <laughs> so that's kind of how I got to where I'm at. Looking back on your start to where you are right now, what's been the greatest area of growth for you? Um and we'll we'll say like professionally. Um, the, the greatest area of growth for you. And I guess, what did it, what did it take for you to make those improvements over the, over your time, your 20 years? So, um, I think being passed up for that promotion was a major opportunity for me to grow, you know, cause it was like, okay, I'm still a little fish in a big pond, but I can be so much more, yeah. you know, and I, I can do this. And then, um, the other one is, I know I touched on it earlier about being a victim advocate, but honestly, that's probably the most humbling and um, challenging experience of my entire career is just working with cases and getting people who have been at their worst point of their life onto feeling better and doing, doing much better. Um, and the way that you do that is just like mama bear going to bath for them and fighting for them. Yeah. Um, and just being there and listening to them and hearing these you know, stories. So those are probably the two for me is when I got the victim advocate and when I, when I got passed up for the promotion and then, you know, career rise in the military and the, and the civilian, like getting my master's, it's, you know, I started, I started to try to get my master's in 2006. Okay. I started and stopped three times and I just couldn't, I just couldn't get it together. I just couldn't. And then I was like, no, this is what I'm born to be. I'm born to be a therapist. Like, this is what I'm born to do. I'm born to be a social worker. I'm born to be in the military. I'm born to help service members help themselves and get out of really crappy situations. Like, this is what I was born to do. This is my purpose in life. So I just kind of went for it. Like, so those times when you stopped, right? You started, you stopped, you started, you stopped. Like, did you have to really, like, how hard was it to convince yourself? Like, this is what I am freaking meant to do. This, these are the skills that I have, and this is where they're best going to serve. How, how hard was that? And like, did you doubt it? Did you have, you know, did you have oh to my God, work? Yeah. yeah. How, yeah. I guess, how'd you work through that doubt? How'd you work through that? Like that challenge, I guess. That's because that's, I think a lot of people face it, yeah. face moments where we're, we're not good enough. I don't think I'm good enough. I, yeah. I and you hit that. that wall and you know, you need to do something else, but you're stuck and you don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. Um, so how the hell did you break through it? Because it's not easy. Frank Alvarado. <laughs> <laughs> so the simple, not by yourself, right? So like, no, I think, yeah. no, no. Yep. I had a huge support group of people that love me and wanted to see me succeed, not just in the guard, not just in my personal life, but my family, my friends, my, my husband's family is amazing, like yep. amazing support group for us. Like just you know, my dad is wonderful. Just having all of these wonderful people kind of just lift me up and be like, you got this, you can do this. And I needed it when I was young. I needed it when I was doubting myself. I, my family needed it when I was like deployed or gone. Yeah. Um, 
but I also needed it. And I'm more than happy. I needed this last year when I was going through all the cancer stuff, Yeah, you know, like, so just knowing when I needed help and asking for that help. Um, and then also like taking some time and journaling, self-reflecting, um, taking, I, I think during, during our time at the women's leadership thing, I think you saw me do this. I'll take a step back and I'll reassess and ground myself and get myself into a position where I'm more calm to be able to make a more like rational decision versus just immediately like going for it, like balls yep. to the wall emotionally. Um, so those are all kind of things that help me. Yeah. No, great. Sense? Great. And not, like you're and now in your, in your job, both in your air guard and your civilian positions, you're that, you're that person you're playing oh, that yeah. role for somebody else. So like, talk oh, about yeah. paying it forward. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Does that, Absolutely. is that like your major driving force? Like, Hey, I know I've, I've needed the support of other people around me in these spots, you know, may, when I was low, when I was doubting myself or, you know, when I was dealing with a, a very significant health concern, um, th- like, is that, is that your major, like, I guess, motivator? 100%, or? Yes. Yes. It's that like, I've known how hard it can be to struggle through something terrible. And if I can listen and honor and guide and mentor and lead through that lens and help people get through some really crappy points in their career. I've done my job. Yeah. You know, and I have, I have, (laughs) I'll I'll shout out to a good friend of mine. Um, His name is Dave Torres. He's known me since I was, he's, he's one of the originals, like, right. And he's just coming home from deployment right now. So he just got back like yesterday and I reached out to him and I was like, Hey, now that I'm done with treatment, he runs marathons. So I'm like, I want to run a marathon. And he's Dude, like, nice. He's like, what? Where did this come from? And I'm like, it came from you inspiring me. Like, if you can do it, I can do it. So, you know, he's, he's a huge supporter of mine and I love him. Like we just, we're there for each other. We've been there through thick and thin marriages, births, like deaths, divorces, like everything. Yeah. So when I told him that he was like, what? Yes. But it's just challenging yourself and, you know, always kind of looking to go forward and figuring out what's best for you and figuring out what's best for your family and the people that you love and making sure that you're leaving whatever job, whatever position you are going out of and you're leaving, leave it better than you found it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, man, you're killing it. Oh, and we are uh, you seriously this has been awesome i'm so happy that we finally were able to get this uh yeah. get this organizing together at neither one of our fault we, I, i'll drop i dropped the ball probably before i was hoping to do this in at the end of 2021 but anyway we're at the first month of 2022 we're on with senior master sergeant jenny gonzalez smith crushing it absolute home run it's been a pleasure and we are on the back end of the episode we're going to finish the drill here with a few rapid fire rapid response questions all right um yeah so we'll see how you do the rapid fire the rapid response rapid fire part is always hard i'm a talker and i think we're we're both talkers so we'll probably break the rules but let's have (laughs) at it anyway um one one sentence of advice you would give 18 year old jenny now like if you can 
give give 18 year old Jenny a bit of advice, what would it be? You're going to be fine. Nice. Love it. Greatest leadership strength. Compassion. Biggest leadership challenge that you constantly have to overcome. And you can't say organization because you had to say it twice. You said it already in the episode. Um, God. Uh, knowing when to stop. Good. Well played. You've listed a couple of your hobbies, um, or you talked about a couple of your hobbies. What's your, what is your favorite hobby, your personal hobby, your like Jenny time, personal hobby and why? I make cold processed soap from start to finish. And you cannot screw up because you are working with why. So you will burn yourself. So you really have to focus. Love it. Love it. You need those to keep those, those stress management skills sharp, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> But also, uh, like, you get to be super creative, so it's really fun. It smells nice. Per the perfect balance. Yeah. Um, the best leadership advice you've ever received? <clears throat> I couple. Don't crap where you eat, which means, like, keep your professional relationships professional. Love and it. your personal relationships personal. And then... The other one is, I think I've said this already. I, I don't know if you wanted me to say something else, but leave it better no, no. than we found it. Yep. Um, but also take freaking care of your freaking people. Love it. And freaking was in that sentence twice. So she means mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. She means business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last one here, um, for any, you, you've had, Obviously, from a career standpoint, you brought up some moments of challenge and doubt. Um, the the battle with cancer that you're on the on the positive side of right I'm now. I'm the men, baby. With yeah, which is awesome. Um, but so you, you faced you faced a couple challenges along the, along the way. What, what's a bit of wisdom from your personal experiences that you would share with somebody that's maybe going through something similar, or going through uh, uh, their own personal challenges? Yeah, ask for help if needed. Take time for yourself and you're allowed to feel whatever feelings you're having. You are allowed to feel them. Love it. Love it. Jenny, this was an absolute pleasure. I can't, and on a, on a personal enjoy yourself Friday, I can't thank you enough for taking an hour to, to chat with us and sharing your story and sharing your advice. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy we were finally able to do this. Dan, you're amazing. Like you're the best. <laughs> Thank you. Now, and and uh, it's easy to it's easy to do that when when it's in, in your in your presence with people like you. So I again, thank you so much for bringing it to the Lead with Empower podcast, Jenny. You freaking smoked it out of the park, home run, and it's going to be a great episode. And for all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in. And lot lots to take from this episode, but um, <laughs> as take care of your freaking people. All right. And take care of the people around you. And, and again, leading isn't a big, uh, doesn't have to be a big project it's about doing uh, maybe a small act uh, from you to somebody else will be a big act for them. So thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you out. Uh, check you out on the next episode. Be courageous, be kind, get after it. We'll see you soon. Great leadership may look and sound different. However, there are common threads that connect all tremendous leaders. They are passionate about those that they lead they do that which brings out their best and the best in those around them and they never take the easy way out because the exceptional will never come from easy.